Welcome to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. portion of scripture that we've used before hallelujah thank you Lord praise you Jesus we've looked at this particular text before in fact I've probably uh, preached out of Luke 8 probably 20-25 times in different ways and yet there was something uh, that the reason I was drawn back to that this week is something that I had said, I believe it was last Sunday, and I may have even said it a little bit on Tuesday night, about how some, sometimes we can get just too familiar with God. And anytime you and I get so familiar, it can limit our expectation. How many of you know what I mean? Like, we can get just so familiar and used to uh, a spouse or someone in our family. Or, or maybe you've heard it this way. This is one of the ways I was thinking about it this week. How, haven't you ever noticed that there are some people that they're around you all the time, but yet they really don't know you? Yeah, there, there, some of us probably gathered around family, and they think they know us. They think they know a lot about us because of maybe they only see uh, one or two things about us, and then we become identified by that. And so some people will know you by your problem, and they don't really know anything else about you. And I started really thinking about that when it comes to our relationship with God. When I said to you last Sunday and alluded a little bit, touched on a little bit Tuesday, and how we can just become so familiar. Sometimes we get so familiar that, uh, and, and used to the fact that we can step into church, his presence is there, but yet sensing his presence, but there not being any change by the presence of God that we're in. That's why uh, some of us, we can come to church and uh, about a year ago, I tried to uh, uh, preach a, a bit of a message, and I had said uh, uh, how we can, everyone can come into church and have a different experience. That's why there are some people, they come to church, and one person can be crying, and another person is untouched. Another person can be healed, and two seats over, that person didn't get touched. Everyone sort of has a different experience, and yet what I've come to uh, understand over the years, and not just through studying the Word, is that what you and I individually receive is entirely up to us. Believe it or not, making you cry or tap into the presence of God through worship is not my job. We, I used to have that belief. In fact, we used to teach that it is our job to lead you into the presence of the Lord. No, my job is to get myself into the presence of the Lord. Your job is just to find your way there. All right? That's really our job. 
it, it, uh, when we assemble on the platform or when we start playing an instrument or singing, right? And so we, we can do all those things. And sometimes through our doing of worship and through word and through coming into church, we, we get so familiar with God that we don't expect anything more than what we've already experienced. We don't expect anything more than a couple of tears and maybe a goose bump or two and maybe a, a, a message in, in, in tongues and interpretation and a sermon from the preacher. And so we sort of have an expectation of what church will be. And so we become so familiar that, that, that we only end up receiving and experiencing what we're familiar with. And so we never really come to find out more about who God is and how God operates and all that he has to offer that some of you may know him as a savior, but do you know him really as a deliverer? Or you may know him as a deliverer, but you, do you also see him and understand him as a healer, as a real miracle worker, like as a creative miracle worker, or, or, or as a comfort that even as we said earlier when we were praying for a brother, that, that we can be alone, but we don't have to be lonely. All right, that, that, that do we understand that he, he, is, he, he went away so that he could send the Holy Spirit who is the comforter? That he can comfort me in whatever it is that I'm, I'm dealing with and in the midst of. That all things that you and I have or will ever stand in need of, he is. He already is. He's not trying to become it. He is. God is all of the things that I will ever have need of and, and has access to everything that I will ever have need of. But we often are limited just by what we've so at this point experienced in the same manner that some people only know a few things about you and they think they know you. We have that same misunderstanding about God that we may know one or two things or we may sing songs about him and we may hear messages about him, but we've become so familiar with him and, and his presence that we think that we may know him. And in this particular chapter of Scripture that we're going to read, it was the people who, who walked with him daily that became so familiar with him, and yet they weren't as, as changed as a woman who pressed her way through the crowd. Oh, hallelujah. And so this word for me today is sort of, I, I think, an extension of where we've been over the last few weeks in that series that was, oh, Lord, have mercy. I just enjoyed preaching it to you because I saw so many of you getting what you needed and help. And then testimonies had come in from several people uh, online and people that had said to me about how it spoke to them or how it helped them or how it broke something free. And I'm grateful and thankful for that. And so I think this is just an extension of that in a lot of ways so that you and I don't become so familiar that we miss all that God really has for you and I. And in the same manner that people misunderstand you and think they know you based off of one or two things. How many of you know some people can see you in a, on a bad day and think they know you? Or they can see you on a good day and think they know you, but they do not. Hallelujah. In the same manner, there is so much more to who God is than I believe most of us in the church have experienced so much more, that he is all-knowing, omnipresent, awesome God. 
He's more than what we can pack into a a 90-minute Sunday morning service. He's more than what our experiences have shown us. That's why being and in, getting into the Word of God is so important. He reveals Himself to you and I through His Word. The reason some people are, are, are deeper and have a deeper understanding of who God is and what God wants to do beyond others is because we take time to get to know Him, to spend time with Him. And we know what God wants to do based off of His Word. You've heard me say God's will is his word and his word is his will. I know what God wants to do because I've read his word. There's no question. Uh, oftentimes, uh, anytime I'm not sure what, what I need to do or what I believe God wants to do in something, I just go to the word. Because there's no thing that God is uncertain about. His will is in his word. And his word is his will. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so God is wanting to draw you and I closer to him. He's wanting you and I to have a more intimate and deep and desperate relationship with him. That we would be a desperate people for him and his word and his presence. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to be a desperate people. And so this text is, 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 is seeing Uh, 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 some desperation hallelujah Uh, look in luke chapter 8 i said verse 41 good lord time's getting away from us (laughs) hallelujah luke chapter 8 what did i say verse 41 yes yeah we'll start there and behold there came a man named jarius and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had, he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. Hmm. She spent all of her livelihood on physicians, look at that, and could not be healed by any. Another translation read, she could not be helped by any. Anybody ever feel like nothing's ever helping? And the woman came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately Her flow of blood stopped. Oh, thank you, Jesus. She came from behind. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people and the reason she had touched him. And now she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Just check out these last two verses. 
While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be made whole. My God. There are so many sermons in these couple of verses. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't even know where we're going to go uh, entirely because as I was reading, I started thinking uh, there, there was another way I, I could go. So we're, we're, we're just going to see where the Holy Spirit would lead us today and what he wants you to hear. Look at those final two verses one more time. And while he was still speaking, while he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, of that 12-year-old girl's house, in the beginning of the text, saying, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Don't bother Jesus. It's over. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him, saying, do not be afraid. Only believe, and she will be made whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, this particular text speaks to me on so many different levels. One, because of the crowd that is around Jesus, pressing against him. Then there is to consider those that knew Jesus and were with Jesus who were close enough by him but weren't touched by him in a manner enough to help them or heal them, right? And then in addition to that, there is the situation with Jarius' 12-year-old daughter who the text begins talking about but gets interrupted by a woman who was desperate for a change in her life, only then to come back near the end of the text to pick up about Jarius' 12-year-old daughter and find out, oh, nope, she's dead. Don't bother the teacher. I mean, this is like a good movie right here, right? There, there's several different characters in, in the midst of the text, and we think we're dealing with one thing only to be shown, nope, there's another person in the midst of the text. And as the text ends, it says that don't bother with Jesus. You're not going to need him. She's dead. And in Jesus hearing it, the text says that not to worry. Your daughter will be made whole. In other words, it's not over. It might look like it's over, but it's not over. In the same thing, uh, in the same part of the text, when we're looking at the woman with the issue of blood, who, by the way, we don't have a name on. You've heard me say that when we've preached out of this before. We do not know her name. We only know her problem. In the same manner that some of us are only known by our problems. Some people only know about you what they think they know about you. Some people only know, oh, you know, that woman that might walk funny or, or that man that this happened to, right? We're only known by our disability, our ailment. We're only known all by, you know, she was divorced or, you know, they declared bankruptcy or, you know, they live in that shack over there or, or you know, whatever the case may be. Some of us are only known by things that we've been through. People describe us. 
And so we don't even know the woman's name. We just know her problem. But it, even the fact that we don't know her name did not stop her from pressing into the one that she believed could help her. That causes me to stop for a moment and really think about you and I and our encounters with, with Jesus and how desperate we come after him. I, I preached a message years ago, and in the midst of us cleaning up some things, uh, in the midst of my messages, I saw it, and I chuckled to myself, and the title of the message was, I'm not drunk, I'm just desperate. Because there was a particular uh, scripture, we're not going to look at it, and that's not the focus of my message, that they perceived the woman was so desperate for change, they, they perceived that she was drunk in scripture. And that sometimes when you and I are so desperate for God to move, it could appear that there's more going on with us than, than it would be normal, right? That we, we had a little too much of something, right? And that's what they perceived about this woman. And yet our, our desperation sometimes when we really need God to move on a situation can cause you and I, can force you and I to, to act differently than we normally would. Yes, hallelujah. It, it will cause you and I to get aggressive. Uh, it will cause you and I to, to act desperate. There were some people, maybe some of you, who you were maybe if you went shopping Friday, you were desperate to get a deal and you would push them with your car trying to, to see that stuff on the news. It makes me crazy. I, it ain't worth it to me. I don't know. I like my peace too much. I'm just not that kind of person. It's just not where I'll, I'll pay a little more in a week or two, but I'm not going to do that, you know. But some of y'all, you are desperate for a deal. And they'll line up hours and hours and 12 hours before, and, and they'll sit in the cold and put a tent up and take thermoses of hot chocolate, but we would never be that desperate if we needed God to heal us. Uh-uh. We, we would not be that desperate for, for, for him to move. I, I was in services and, and was a part of the revival in Florida, and we would line up hours in advance. When us pastors would pull in because they would bring us in in our own special uh, you know, uh, uh, chariots, you, you, as you will, they would pull us in, you know, uh, 35 minutes before church, and they were just opening the doors, and, and that, 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 that line of people waiting. Some people would be out there standing, waiting to get into church the next night when we got out of church the night before. Camping in their tents. Yeah, Terry's like, what? Yeah. They were desperate for God to move because people were being healed and set free and delivered, and they were coming by the thousands from all over the world. There was a desperation, and so God was moving because we, we as a people were placing a demand we were saying, God, we, we know this is who you are. God, we believe in who you are. And so we're, we're showing up. We're desperate for you. We're going to wait on you. I want to make sure that I get a seat, so I'm going to get in line. I don't want to just get what's left over in the parking lot. Yet even the people who couldn't fit in, not just one building, but two buildings on the property, we seated over 10,000 people every night. So, and, and, and even the people who couldn't get in, who were outside in the parking lot, were getting touched and falling under the power of God and we were carrying him to cars and and when the church would empty we'd carry those that were laying out in the in the parking lot inside to get, let them get warm or cool off because they were desperate for, for God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so sometimes we come into church and we experience God and we're not seeing anything happening. And yet it comes down to the level of desperation that we have. We see that there is change. Change. 
that takes place in the text because of one, the woman was desperate, but also we see in the text that when 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 the when Jarius's daughter was ill and he comes to, he comes for an answer, but while he comes to get. It, Jesus' attention say, hey, come pray for my daughter. In the meantime, she dies while he's meeting the need of someone else. But there was still enough desperation that he came seeking a miracle. That you and I have to be able to and be willing to come and seek from God what we believe that he will do. That, that, we're, that we're just not going to believe, oh, Lord, if you can. Oh, Lord, if you don't mind. Lord, if it's your will. Some people say, why do you never pray, Lord, if it's your will? Because I know his will based on his word. For me, to, for me to say, I don't know what your will is on this, is for me to say, God, I don't understand your word, or I'm not reading your word, all right? I'm, I'm not trying to hate on anybody who may pray that way or was taught that way. If you were raised up in some of the denominations I were, they kind of taught you, Lord, if it's your will. But the, as I grew older and understood the, the word of God, I know what his will is based on his word. So I don't have to question whether he wants to do it when his word says he does. It's part of his character. It's part of who God is. So I know that he's a healer because it's in his word. I know that he's a miracle working God because it's in his word. I know that he is a deliverer because it's in his word. So when someone comes before me demon possessed, I don't have to say, Lord, if it's your will, because I know it's his will that they be set free. Do you hear me? And so that should then cause you and I, if we then know who he is, that we should be able to become before him desperately. Desperately saying, God, I already know what you want to do. What is only required is whether I am desperate enough to get a hold of you, to get a hold of, of your presence, that I then in turn can receive it. There is where it goes. It's not whether uh, we, we, we hit the, the notes quite right on the instruments. I've been in churches where the music was terrible, but the power of the Holy Spirit was moving strongly because people were desperate. I've been in church where we had no music at all, and the power of the Holy Ghost was moving Right, because people showed up desperate. I, I I know what it is to be able to come to church, and before a church ever starts, it sounds like church starts because people are praying at the altar in the Holy Ghost and praying for not just the church but the preacher and praying for needs. and 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 the the old um, elders of the church would gather and and pray and and believe God well before church ever began because they were desperate to see God move. That's how I grew up. I, I grew up that when we got out of the parking lot, you could hear the roar of prayer in the parking lot. And it was a big church, and, and, and you could still hear the roar of prayer. The, the, the older ladies with their beehive haircuts, you know, that, that you knew that, that God was fixing to do something because they were crying out. They were believing God for, for miracles and healings and deliverance. They, they were desperate for him. It was all that they had. They didn't have money. They didn't have riches. They didn't have all those things that literally, it was God that got them through the week. And some of them, I remember, some of them would, would leave church and go home and their husband would beat them. But they were so desperate for God to move that they, 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 they had an encounter with God while they were there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God is looking for you and I to be a people that would be desperate like this in the text. That's what brings us to this text today is there's a level of desperation. I believe there is a longing, a longing that you and I need to have for more of his presence. 
the power of his presence. Do you know that there is a power that is in his presence? We get so used to and familiar with what we believe church is or supposed to be. That's why I, 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 it doesn't faze me when, when one service isn't like the next one. Because it helps, it will help to teach you the power of his presence that when there's a stillness over the church, he can still heal. That he doesn't just heal when we're all shouting and clapping and and, and, and praying in tongues. Are you hearing me? That God moves in many, many different ways. Sometimes there's just a stillness and a hush that'll come over a place and peace will fall on people. And, 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 and healing will happen. And then other times it's, a, it's like as of a rushing mighty wind. And it's not that one is more powerful than the other. It's all the many different ways in which he moves. And yet some of us would interpret one service from the other as one being dead. It's not that it's dead unless you came in without expectation. Ah. It is my level of expectation that places a demand on him and his word. What are we expecting? This text is about expectation. Notice something about the text. The Bible says that she spent all that she had and no doctor could heal her and no ways could help her. In other words, she was broke. She was broke. What that helps us to understand is that there were no other resources for her to turn to. There are some battles I've been in, and I'm like, Lord, I just pray this would come to an end in the name of Jesus, and then it doesn't. And it keeps prolonging. And, and, and sometimes it gets worse, I think I heard somebody say, right? S- sometimes it intensifies. And what I've learned about God is sometimes he will require you and I to come to the end of ourself. He, he will, you, you know, there, there, let me just be transparent enough to tell you, there have been times in my life where I had so much pride and maybe so much ego that God said, no, I, it's not enough that they've smeared your name already. Let me take it a little bit more. Let, let, me, let me let them talk about you more. Let, let, them, let them trash you online, whatever they may be, right? Because God's saying, I need you to get to the end of you. That's why I said a few weeks ago, it, it's to the point now, I don't even try to defend myself. When people attack us or attack the church or whether it's about the food distribution or me or they don't like something that we say on TV or whatever it may be, you just don't even defend yourself because God has taught me the lesson to come to the end of myself and remember it's not about me. And the same thing is true, whether it's about uh, my healing or another miracle or some financial need, that God often waits to show up when you and I come to the end of ourself. My point is that you and I never really get desperate until there is no other way. I mean, that's true. You, you could have a bill right now that needs paid, but if you have a little money tucked away somewhere but that you try to ignore what I've found about God is there have been times where God has said, let me just show you how powerful I am. And so you end up, God really never shows up until I tap into what I had tucked away. And then once I tapped into that, now I really need God to show up, right? 
And then he tries to show up that he is a provider, that he is a miracle worker, right? That's what the case was with this woman. She had spent all that she had. She had no other resources. She had nothing else to turn to. And so she was in a situation where she was so desperate. She said, I have to be able to do something that is beyond what I'm supposed to do. I have, and I have to act in a manner that is not normal. See, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't a part of the custom that she would go and touch the, the, the garment of a priest or anyone like that, right? It wasn't a part of, of the day. It was against culture. And so it, she had to go against the grain. You've, you've heard me teach that. And so well, I believe what God is doing in some of our lives while we are, there is one thing after the other is God is looking for you and I to come to the end of ourself and that there are some things we have to just stop trying to fix on our own. And we just say, Lord, I, 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 I need you. Oh, I need you. More, more, more today than I did yesterday. God, I'll need you more tomorrow than, than, I, than I do today. Amen. And I'm so desperate for you and that we'll do whatever it takes to get a hold of God and to receive what it is that we have need of. Whatever that may be. This woman was, was broke. She, she was in poverty, right? She, the doctors, there was nothing they could do for her. But yet she had heard that Jesus was coming by. And she was so desperate. She said, I'm going to push my way through. Hallelujah. She comes from behind, pushing her way through the crowd just to get to Jesus. I love that when the Bible says she came from behind. She came from behind. In other words, there could be multiple things that are wrong right now, but you and I have the ability to come from behind. We can be losing in the marathon of life, but we have the ability, according to this, it lets us know she was in the back of the crowd. And there are times where you and I may feel like we're in the back or we're left out or not particularly liked by people or that God shows up for everybody but us. But this, I love that part of the text where she came from behind. It lets me know that even if I'm on the back row, even though if I'm ostracized, even if they don't like you and I because of our race, our, 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 our color, our, our, our family, our poverty level, whatever it may be, it lets me know if I'm coming from behind, I can still get to him. Hallelujah. That's good. No matter the, the trials of life, no matter the struggles of life, that, that if I'm coming from behind, I can still get to him if I'm desperate enough. If I'm desperate enough. And so the Bible says she sort of elbowed her way. She crawled her way. She did whatever she needed to do to be able to get to the one that she heard and she believed could help her. She had nothing else to turn to. There was no money left in the bank. There was nothing else left to sell. There was not a doctor that could help her. And so she pushes her way to get to Jesus. I love it. I love it. I love it. That even though she was broke, look at that. Even though she was broke, her poverty did not stop her from receiving the promises of God. Oh, my God. Her poverty did not stop her from receiving the promises of God. That's why to everybody who's ever tried to preach, you need to give this to get that. Nope, nope, nope. Hallelujah. That, that I love it that if I just am desperate enough, 
Come on, I've heard some people preach, oh, if you'll just give God this amount of money, he's going to do this for you. Stop it, stop it, stop it. It comes down to desperation. I'm not saying there's not a time where I can place a demand on faith. Yes, there's a time. What I'm saying is, is if you and I are just desperate enough, that beyond that, that God is not looking for me to write a check on any amount to get him to move. But what he is looking and longing for is for someone to be desperate. For us to be so hungry for him to move in our life. For us to have such a miracle that he'll show up. And so it doesn't matter how, how, how far in poverty we are. That we still have the ability and the capacity to receive the promises of God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That gets me excited that it doesn't matter. That, that, that's the thing you and I need to understand. That, that God is God for homeless people. As much he is, is for rich people. That God will heal a homeless person. He will heal a, a, a person that you and I don't agree with. He, he will touch the lives of an addict on the street. That's the God that we serve. It comes down to what level of desperation that you and I have. And so he'll often bring you and I to the end of ourself. Where I don't have any more resources, where you don't have anything else to turn to. There's no other little nothing tucked away. There's nothing else left to sell. There's no other doctor to go to. And God's saying, are you going to trust and believe on me or are you not? And that's really the position that this woman was in. Nothing else was working. She was ostracized because given the day, nobody was around her. So she knew what it was to live a lonely life. To be alone. To not even have anyone speaking a word of encouragement over her. And yet she had expectation because she was desperate. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. She was desperate. But I want you to notice something. Just as we see this woman get desperate. Just as, we, as we're seeing her get desperate, notice, uh, as I said there a few moments ago, that it, the text starts out talking about Jerry's daughter. And as we begin reading the text, I, I, I've preached it so many different ways. As we begin reading the text, it appears the intent is that, that Jesus would deal with Jerry's sick daughter. And then this miracle happens, and I remember at times I've said this is sort of a miracle that slipped in on Jesus. It really wasn't the focus, but it shows up in the midst of the text. And so while Jesus is, is, is hearing what is wrong with his daughter, this woman gets so desperate. In other words, she said, I am too desperate to wait for my opportunity and then not be able to get it. It's kind of like the Black Friday shoppers. I'm too desperate to wait. I, I have to make sure that I get mine, so I'll elbow. I'm going to run my cart over anybody I can. That's the kind of attitude this woman had. She said, all you people that are used to huddling around Jesus and you've not really been touched by Jesus, I'm too desperate to just hang around without there being an effect by, by, by being in his presence, right? What you and I end up often doing is that we end up being in his presence but not really changed by it. Oh, hallelujah. We get familiar with him. That's why often you and I will talk to the people that we're most familiar with in a way that someone else might not. Because you're so familiar, they'll just take it. 
right? David can sort of get away, well, maybe not, but David can sometimes get away with saying things to his wife. Others cannot because he's familiar. It doesn't, though, however, mean that it's right. We get so familiar that we think we know someone, we know how to respond, and we know what we can get away with. Mm -hmm. In the same manner that we come into the presence of God, we'll give him a little worship, we'll sit down and hear the word, and we believe God, we know what, what, what it is that we can get away with, what, how little I can give you to get a response from you. Because he inhabits... And we invoke him by our praises, right, by calling upon his name. And so his presence will come in the room. But oftentimes we don't fully receive what it is that we have need of because we're not entirely desperate. There's still some level of things working in her life. This was a woman who was down to nothing. And you've heard me say when we are down to nothing, that is when God is up to something. And so God is, 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 is the text is powerful because here is Jesus hearing the, the need of someone else. And this woman is so desperate. She says, I can't wait for him to maybe look at me or maybe pray for me or to anoint me with oil. I've got to get what I've come for now. And so while the crowd is pressing in against him and around and all of these hundreds and hundreds of people, she elbows her way through the crowd to say, I've got to get what I believe is mine, what I've come to have need of, what I've come and I have need of. This woman lets us know right from the start out of her desperation, she lets us know that it is possible to be around Jesus and not touch him. Lord, help us. I said it is possible that we can be around him and not touch him. And that was what I kept pondering all week is how we can be around him but not touch him. We can be around him and nothing changes. Oh, hallelujah. We can be around him and, and nothing looks any different. We can be around him and our attitudes never change. Oh, someone said, mm. uh-huh. We can be around him. Health doesn't get any better. We can get, be around him, and we, we never get more of him and a better understanding on how to deal with people that are difficult. Because we're so familiar. We just have the expectation he'll be there. Think about this. Hundreds of people. Go ahead. Hundreds of people thronged around him. And yet, there were no other reports of miracles. It lets me know there is a difference, Renita, from bumping up my elbow against him. I had to go out the other day. I've tried to stay home as much as I can, nursing and be in the you know, hospice care for my dog. But I had to go out the other day and it was just like everywhere I went, someone was bumping into me. And I thought of this text. I thought here in this text, the crowd was pressed against Jesus and others were touching him, but nothing was changing. 
There are no other report, recorded miracles. It wasn't like others were getting healed and falling under the power of God and, 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 and lupus being healed and diabetes got healed and oh, cancer got healed over there. And, and, and look, this woman's leg grew out. No, there, there's none of that. It lets me know there's a difference between that you and I can be in his presence. That we can be near him. That it's possible that we can be around him and not be touched by him. In the same manner that as I was walking through the store and people kept bumping into me, they weren't getting healed when I bumped them. But if I were to pray and place a demand and be desperate for God to move, he would show up. That's why there were no others in the crowd that is recorded getting healed and touched but this one. Others were touching him, but nothing was changing. See, you and I can come into the presence of God and you and I can experience his presence and yet not be changed. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Healed, delivered, set free. No miracle. But we're in His presence. Because often we get so familiar with Him that we're no longer desperate. In the same manner that someone who has been married for so many years is no longer as desperate for the love and the of their spouse than they were when they met. We're just, they're just familiar. This woman had a need. And this woman was desperate for the one that she believed could help her because nobody else could and she had nothing else left. I'm sharing this with you today and not even going to get through with what I had little notes that I had down sharing this with you today because I believe that God is looking for you and I to be a desperate people not not so familiar that that we don't receive anything but desperate desperate that when we come into his presence we are desperate for him to move desperate for him to move in our life desperate for him to touch our life desperate for him to heal us desperate for him even to touch somebody else desperate for miracles desperate for those things I, I I don't know about you I'm desperate to see God even touch other people's lives and and desperate for him to move throughout our city in other words through all of this text through the, through the story that we look at there is a significant difference church from brushing past Jesus and then just reaching out and touching him so much of what we do in church and through our worship and through our experience in Sunday morning or Tuesday night is we're just brushing past him. And he's saying, I'm here. I'm in your midst. That was the lyrics to the song we were going to sing is, we, you are here moving in our midst. We worship you. What will you and I do with him being in our midst? That woman 
the reason why I love her so much is that woman made a decision. She was not going to settle for just being in, his, in, in the presence of Jesus. She said, I need a touch from Jesus. And Jesus, if you're not going to give it to me, I'm going to come and take it. That kind of desperation. I don't have any other resource. I have nowhere else to turn to. God is looking for you and I. What we must be, I believe in this time, in this hour, is that we cannot be satisfied with just being around Jesus or being around his presence. We have got to. God is calling you and I to be a people that are desperate for his presence. Desperate for a touch. Desperate for him to move. So that you and I then in turn can be an example to the world that needs to see what God can do. They need to be able to see that he is a healer, that he is a miracle worker, that, that he is a, a, a savior, that he is all the things that the word of God declares that he is. And they only see that through you and I and through our desperation. Think about this, that that, that entire crowd thronging around Jesus suddenly had revelation of what they could get, of what they could receive in their life because of one woman. gospel takes on a whole new turn that there are things that are available to you and I we'll take it if we'll take it if we'll just be desperate enough to receive it desperate enough to reach out and grab it I'm so desperate I'll interrupt one miracle to receive my own that's what she did I'm so desperate, I'll interrupt this miracle. Where you're moving right now, where you're about to move, to get what I need. Will you be desperate? Will you be desperate? So desperate that you refuse to be denied. Hallelujah. So desperate you refuse to be denied. things that you and I are enduring or that we're seeing other people enduring is God wants to bring you to the end of yourself where you and I can acknowledge and just say you know what I'm tired of having to try to make this happen it exhausts me to try to figure out a fix to this problem and you and I can just come to Jesus like the woman with the issue of blood and reach out and grab a hold of him she didn't even get a hold of his flesh she got a hold of the hem of his garment she touched what was touching Jesus that's it if you and I could just get close enough that we could just touch him and not just so familiar that we're used to just sensing his presence we said I'm going to touch you Jesus I'm going to touch you and believe you're going to be the answer that I've been looking for can in this place let's stand if you're able to if you can't what, what I just want you and I to be able to pray today 
my prayer today is that God would help you to become desperate. My prayer today is that you and I would surrender and that you and I would come to the end of ourselves. And I would just come to the end of myself. And that as we come in week after week, you know what I started praying this week, God? Just make us desperate. You know what that did? That just that says, Lord, stir up trouble. Yeah, that, that's in essence what I was praying. Because if God is ever going to make a people become desperate, he'll do it through trouble. Because he wants to bring you and I to the end of ourself. So my prayer today is that, that you and I would become so desperate for him and, and, and we would long for him that we'll do whatever it takes to get to him, to grab a hold of him, to get what his word says that you and I can have and that we'll stop fighting with ourselves and fighting with people when we'll just come to Jesus, come to the one that we know has what it is that we have need of. So that's how I want to close today is that, that God would just help you to be desperate. I, 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 when people ask me what kind of church we are, I often give many different descriptions, but I want to be able to say we're just a group of desperate people. That's how I believe we need to be described. We're just a group of desperate people. Desperately seeking after Him. Desperately wanting Him to touch our lives again and again and again and again. prayer is that we won't be like the crowd thronged around him. Maybe brushing up against his elbow but not changed. But that will be a people that will have the audacity to reach out and grab a hold of him. To receive what it is that we have need of. So John, I want to pray for you today that God would just make you desperate as we close. draw you. So Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That Father, that you would draw us to you. That Father, you would help us and cause us to be desperate for you desperate for your presence, desperate for what we have need of, that God will we'll see you, God, draw us as a people to become so desperate that, Lord, that it will be normal, normal for us to see radical miracles and extraordinary miracles and almost unbelievable salvations. That we'll become so desperate for you that God just miracles and healings and deliverances just everyday life because we're so desperate that we're, we're just touching you constantly touching you and longing for you and, 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 and longing for you and, and so desperate God for you to move in our lives and our families and our churches and our city 
in our finances and in every situation that, God, we are facing. And so, Father, I pray today over your people here and those that are under the sound of my voice online that, Father, that you would stir up and that, God, that you would draw a desperate people. That God will be a people that say, I, I, I'm going to be one of those that I'm, I'm going I'm to come seeking and searching and praying, God, for what I stand in need of. That, that I'm not going to wait to church on Tuesday night to, to believe you for my miracle. But I'm going to start reaching for you now. That I'm going to reach for you on Monday morning. And, and Jesus, I'm going to reach for you Monday night. And Jesus, I'm going to come Tuesday night and I'm going to expect... I'm going to elbow my way to you if I have to. I'm going to push my way through the crowd if I have to. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I'm out of options and, and nobody else has any answers. Father, help us to be a desperate people, I pray in the name of Jesus. Draw the people of this house. Draw the people that aren't even here today, God. Draw those of us in this room, God, today to be a desperate people. Because your word declares those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sake, they shall be filled. So Father, give and fill and touch your people, I pray, as we desperately seek and search for you. We love you, Lord. Draw us. Help us to be desperate. mighty name of Jesus now, Lord. This peace and this presence that Lord we sense in this moment, let us not just feel it, but let us touch it and take it with us. Reach out and touch you, God, when we have need of you whether it's later today or tomorrow night. I thank you for your presence. Lord, we're going to leave this place, but we won't leave your presence. It goes with us. God, as we leave, God, I pray that you would bless and touch and bring increase to every person who gives with their tithes, their offerings, and God, I pray that you would multiply. God, I pray that you would bring increase to them. Those that give in this room, God, those that give online, God, bless them as your word declares that you would open the windows of heaven. God, pour blessings out upon them. God, I pray that you would uh, uh, just unleash favor upon them, God. I pray that, God, that you would demonstrate your power, Lord, as they give, that, Lord, you would open doors and, and give favor for them, Lord, in areas where there's been complication and doors shut. God, I pray that you would give favor in the name of Jesus. And, God, give us favor as a ministry, God, over every aspect, God, over every aspect, I pray in the name of Jesus. Bring increase to your people as we serve you and we worship you and as we give to you desperately. Desperately. God, we give you the praise. Lord, we give you the praise and we honor you today in the powerful and great name, Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen. Amen.